way from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. This is the newest episode of Dope Nostalgia. I'm Naomi and I've got my friends Kendra and Colin with me on this episode as we talk about the illustrious career of MC Hammer, one of the biggest stars of the hip-hop game of all time. Great show. We get silly. We have a few drinks. It's fun. We're going to go over that last Twitter poll we had when we were talking Dream Warriors. I gave you three tunes that I wanted you to pick from, which was your favorite Dream Warriors tune and the number one winner between Ludi, Wash Your Face in My Sink, and this one. This is the number one winner, the big single. Of course, it was the big hit. My definition of a boombastic jazz style was our winner. Yeah. Woo. Celebrate. So yeah, we've got a show coming up on MC Hammer, but first let's give a little background into the Hammer. Wikipedia Moments. The song you're listening to right now went on to launch MC Hammer into the stratosphere of a crazy rap career. But this song right here you're playing wasn't his. In fact, this was the sample of Rick James' Super Freak that ended up making it so huge for MC Hammer because he wrote his own song to it called You Can't Touch This. Here's a little background on Hammer right from Wikipedia. Stanley Kirk Burrell, better known by his stage name MC Hammer, who also changed his name to Hammer at one point, is an American rapper, dancer, record producer, and entrepreneur. He had his greatest commercial success and popularity from the late 80s until the early 1990s. Remember for his rapid rise to fame, Hammer is known for hit records such as this one, You Can't Touch This, and Too Legit to Quit. Flashy dance moves, those crazy pants, choreography, and yeah, once again, the pants. A multi-award winner, MC Hammer is considered a forefather and innovator of pop rap, incorporating elements of freestyle music as well, and is the first hip-hop artist to achieve diamond status for an album. BET ranked Hammer as the number seven best dancer of all time. Vibe Magazine's Best Rapper Ever tournament declared him the 17th favorite of all time during the first round. Burrell became a preacher during the late 1990s with a Christian ministry program on TBN called MC Hammer and Friends. Additionally, he starred in a Saturday morning cartoon called Hammerman in 1991 and was executive producer of his own reality show called Hammer Time, which aired on the A&E Network during the summer of 2009. There's also a VH1 movie all about him. Hammer was also a television show host and dance judge on Dance Fever in 2003, co-creator of a dance website called DanceJam.com, and is a record label CEO while still performing concerts at music venues and assisting with other social media, ministry, and outreach functions. Throughout his career, Hammer has managed his own recording business. As a result, he has created and produced his own acts, including... Ooh, I don't really care about that. You know what? No one cares about that. Let's just get to the chat. You know? I just found a way better way, way to frame myself there. See? That's true. Done. Now I look cool. And you get, a, gold... you get a cool Led Zeppelin picture in the back. I know. See? It just makes me look cool. So much yeah. cooler. You're yeah. just if I, I know. If I had like a gold record or something, I'd hang it there, but I don't. <laughs> I have a a band trophy for outstanding band student in like 91 so you should that. That, you have any, that's cool so do you have any participation participation ribbons or uh uh probably yeah do you remember the uh canadian fitness uh awards when do you school in, in gym class when you'd get once a year we'd have the like long jump and all that shit and then we get these little embroidered patches when we got- i didn't get anything 
Well, I, the biggest one I ever got was for high jump. Cause usually I wasn't very good at these things, but I, sometimes I'd get a bronze. Wow. Yeah. I never got anything. No. It was very exciting. Usually we'd get a ribbon. Been. We'd get a ribbon for participating. I'd have been excited. Yeah. Oh. I was never when athletic, I went to, but I liked high jump. When I was in elementary school, like elementary, junior high, I went to Rosary School, which was Catholic, surprise. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did Rosary games in June. And I went through my whole life there in school. And you got once gold, silver, or bronze. And you got an actual medal. And I wanted one oh. so bad when I was a little kid. Yes. And I never won. And I never won anything. Not bronze, nothing, <laughs> fucking zero. Aww. Nothing. Until I got to like grade like nine. And I didn't fucking care anymore. And then I won a silver. I'm like, great. And then I threw it away. I didn't know what it was. But like. <laughs> you threw it away. Well, I don't know. I did something. But I didn't fucking care. But yeah. when I was in grade two, I would have murdered somebody for that. But anyway. There you go. So you it always felt so exciting and such a huge accomplishment in elementary when you won anything. Yeah. Oh man, it was. That such was a such an deal. exciting thing. Yeah, like the whole track and field thing. I was not really my thing. I was really big into sports. Just never did uh, well in those things. <laughs> you love running. Running. Just run. There, as fast as you can. there was a reason why I was a goalie in soccer. <laughs> I was not about running. Uh, We're doing push-ups. I like jumping, obviously. Jumping. I yeah. like jumping. I could jump. I could jump very much. <laughs> I like to jump. I like jumping. What's your favorite, Naomi? I like jumping. <laughs> Running and jumping. All right, guys, it's hammer time. Hammer man, hammer, hammer man, hammer. Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are gonna do time. They all better beware, cause the hammer man will be there. Here's how it started a long time ago. The legend of the hammer and how it began to grow. He was given magical shoes from a hip-hop Motown dude. Together they had power. They stood up for what was right. But Gramps was getting old and he couldn't stand up for what was right. They went out on the road to find a man they knew could jam who was worthy of the load. They met a guy named Stanley who was dancing every night. He helped the kids play every day. His heart was out of sight. So Gramps opened up the bag and took out the magical shoes. He set them on the ground and they soon began to groove. The shoes knew at once they had finally found their man. They hopped right on his feet and he became Hammer Man. Hammer Man. Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was certifiably terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing, you guys. That was I ABC my uh Saturday mornings. I think it was only one season. And no. I, I think so. <laughs> How? How? I, should, I, should, I gotta pull up the hammer wiki to check fact check my bullshit. Um, no matter how many syllables you have in your words, just put them in the line and put more in the next one. If you have 96, just jam all in. <laughs> how many people are just going to be going, hammer, hammer, man, after that? Hammer. It gets stuck in your head, though. It does. One thing I've noticed listening to MC Hammer over the last day is so many of his songs' choruses were just like a phrase being repeated. Like, yeah. yo, sweetness, 
is my weakness. Um, then there was the same thing. It did the same thing in the song Crime Story, which is also off the same album. Crime Story, no glory or something like that. It's just, that's, that was his- His hooks were so simple, but they worked. Yeah, they totally. Worked. Um, so yeah, he had that cartoon. I want to say, yes, 1991 Hammerman lasted for one season, 13 episodes. And I believe it was aired back to back with the new kids on the block cartoon, which would make total sense. Yeah. It's around the same time. Yes. Stanley Kirk Burrell is his name. Um, he was early in his career, wasn't even a musician yet. And as a kid, he grew up in Oakland, California, um, and he became a bat boy for the Oakland Athletics baseball team. Yeah, didn't he originally want to be a baseball player? Wasn't that like I think I thought I read something about that that he originally wanted to be a baseball player and then he went into music. Early life and uh, yeah, well, let me see here. Um, young young Burrell would sell stray baseballs and dance accompanied by a beatboxer outside of the games in the parking lot. Um, the team owner saw him doing the splits, hired him as the assistant and bat boy because of his energy and flair. Um, they ended up um, nicknaming, nicknaming him Hammer because he looked like Hammer and a Hank Aaron, the legendary baseball player. He had, he had a look about him that was similar. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, how old he was very, very young when that happened, but before he did anything, it doesn't say specifically that he wanted to be a baseball player. I'm just trying to remember where I read that. I wouldn't be surprised. It would make sense. It was an important part of his life. Um, he ended up going to the army or to the Navy after that. Oh yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, he served, he served for the U.S. Navy for quite a while, um, three years with Patrol Squadron 47 as a petty officer, third class aviation storekeeper, and then received an honorable discharge. So he's considered a veteran of the U.S. Navy. So when he lost all his money, did they support him? Did they make sure that he had a place to live? That's a very good question. I bet. Uh, huh. I didn't even. I didn't even look up into the, how he lost all his money yet. But that's gonna come down the road. Bad investments. <laughs> it was. Yeah, he 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 overspent too because I think he had like a crazy expensive house. He ended up having to sell it for like half the price or something. Yeah, he had a thirty million dollar house when people like didn't have thirty million dollar houses. It was yeah. yeah. He, he was yeah. valued at two hundred million dollars at one point and somehow blew through that. Now, one thing that he said that he did a lot of was give money to the rest of the people in his posse. He kept a huge amount of people around him employed just to be around him. Yeah. He, dancers, uh, singers hanging out part of the band, they were just to be his posse and he just paid them to do so, bought them whatever they wanted. So that's, when you're not just buying stuff for yourself, that's a huge way to, to blow through a huge chunk of change. Well, do you remember when, I guess it probably would have been the time that ticket stub that you showed and he went to West Edmonton Mall after that, it was him and like 30 dudes and he rented those carts for everybody and everybody rode around on those stupid carts. I didn't and know he, 
Yeah, and he'd go to the stores and they would like shoo everybody else out of the store and he'd buy like 30, 30 of one outfit so everybody could have the same outfit. And, oh. he, and he was riding those carts up and down the escalators and stuff and like you're not supposed to do that, but they just did it anyway. And yeah, he, he made a real prick of himself when he was here for that. <laughs> yeah. But he was, his, his stardom was so legendary. He was the, he was the biggest rapper in the world at the time. Oh, sure. Not only rapper, but he was one of the biggest pop stars in the world at the time. He so. wasn't the best one, but he was the biggest one. He was big. Yeah. He was huge. Super popular, yeah. Like, and just, yeah, just total cash. Just, yeah. That's what it was all about with his whole image. But he was he was known for like like I said, taking care of the people and his crew. He was also known for making sure that everyone who was in his crew adhered to strict scheduling, that they abided by by strict rules. Um, I don't think they were allowed to do any drinking or drugs or anything. Well, he's of a Christian faith, isn't he? Yes. Like he's a. I thought I read somewhere too that he actually is like an ordained preacher. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he, he got into that, that came, after. Yeah, I think that yeah. came later. But he he'd always always professed Christian uh, to be a Christian throughout yeah. all of this. And yeah, he, I don't think he ever ran into a drug or alcohol abuse problem for himself. So I think that's something that he demanded from the people around him. He's like, I'll take care of you guys and we're going to have a great time, but you guys have to like walk the straight and narrow. Can it's, I think about it? Legit. <laughs> you got to be legit, too legit. Yeah. You got to be too legit, or you have to quit. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's basically the contract you sign. I will be legit, or I will quit. Thank you. this app that used to be popular like five years ago called periscope oh yeah that was popular for like five minutes yeah owned by twitter um yeah so basically you go on there and you can like live stream to a bunch of strangers and i got a notification on my phone because i still have periscope installed that said mc hammer has gone live this is like what three four weeks ago yeah oh shit so i'm like can't hurt to check it out click on the link there's like 20 people watching that's it at that moment because right in there early and i see it's him because like he starts the video where he's like kind of doing holding the phone out looking at himself like say hi or whatever he's doing um and he puts takes the phone and he turns it around so that the camera's facing his yard and it's a certified account because it's got like the blue check mark that so you know it's legit too legit to quit yeah. And um just legit enough not to quit. Yeah. Yeah, just just legit enough. That's gonna be the theme of this podcast. <laughs> just, just legit, legit enough to still be important. I'm putting that in the title. Um and so I was like, 
typing to him because I can't, he can't hear me talk. So I'm typing. And I said, Hey, I was hoping if you had some time that you would like to be on my podcast, I'm going to do doing an episode about you. And he wrote back, he didn't even actually speak out loud, but he wrote back LOL or no, he goes, sorry, no podcast for me, LOL or something like that. And I was like, well, that's fair. At least he was nice. <laughs> he, he has no interest in it. And then I was reading that in one of the more recent reviews he's done or interviews he's done, he doesn't really do interviews anymore. Um, he stopped speaking with journalists because they approach him with shallow questions. He doesn't, he doesn't enjoy the things that he gets asked um, because he finds that a lot of questions that are asked of him aren't pertaining they're not legit legit. (laughs) (laughs) and they're not pertaining to him as a human being where he wants to talk about like the human behind all of this shit okay so um yeah he's just kind of not interested he's not interested in in doing an interviews type thing anymore and that's probably why he said no to me well i'm thinking so and i mean he doesn't know who you are what kind of Nobody knows who the fuck I am. Right. No, that's right. I bet that's, you know, yeah. We all start somewhere and uh, can't hurt to ask. So I did. That's right. If you were Joe Rogan, he wouldn't have been so flippin' hoodie. Yeah. Joe Rogan. (laughs) You know what I heard he's doing for his podcast? What's that? Because he has it live in his studio. What he does when people come to be on the show is he just has, he has instant COVID-19 tests there. That's, yeah, I heard that, that he, he, he just tests people, yeah. Tests people, results come back in like 20 minutes, and then they sit down together. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he burns through and he doesn't test every day. option. <laughs> well, that's, and that's been controversial as well, because those tests are like a lot of money. They're $360 each or something. Yeah, and he's burning through them like crazy. And like people who need to get one can't afford one. He does yeah. one every fucking day. Yeah, because yeah. in the States they have to pay, right? And yeah. Like there's lots of like everyday people that can't even get them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I heard that that was causing a bit of a, a stir. But where was I with this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he joined the Navy. He was a bat boy. And then he put together uh, an album. The MC and his nickname came for the Master of Ceremonies, obviously, which he used when he began performing at various clubs while on the road with the Oakland A's and eventually in the military. So that's where the name came from, the full-length MC Hammer. Um, Is he called Hammer because he has a big one? No, we already talked about why he's called Hammer. Yeah, I know. He looks I like know. that baseball player. <laughs> It's because his dick's huge. Yeah. He's well, just got a big schwanz. When we were watching the Too Legit to Quit video there, there was that moment where they pan up after they go from James Brown and then they like look over to Hammer and he's like doing a montage and he's like kicking Yeah, hair. he's shirtless and he's like... <laughs> they like pan up his body and I'm like, holy crap, they're like showing him in his underwear. I can see the outline of his bulge. <laughs> That's not very Christian. Of his, of his hammer. <laughs> Um, he could have been MC Wiener, MC Big Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in a Christian rap group before putting out his own thing. Um, yeah. called, it was called Holy Ghost Boys. Wow, I bet that made a lot of money. <laughs> Some songs produced were called Word and B-Boy Chill. <laughs> the Wall. It's called Word. 
The word. word. It's called word. The, the word, not word, but the, the word. word. Yeah, I thought it would be yes. the word because it's Christian, but it was just called right. word. Word. So there was, he had the first contemporary Christian music rap hit ever. Really? Yeah. 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 And then, and then, oh, so I was wrong about the number of albums he's had. He's had six because his first album, debut album was called Son of the King. Oh, wait, no. Wow, I'm really fucking prepared. So, <laughs> no, the song was called Son of the King, released on his debut album, Feel My Power. And then it was, <laughs> it was that was in 1987. And then re-released on the- Feel album. My Hammer. Yeah. His, <laughs> Feel My Hammer Power. <laughs> his first mainstream album, Let's Get It Started, in 1988. I had that too. I had Let's Get It Started somewhere. Um, anyway, so he starts like, eventually he had, he had a posse. He started signing new talent to his own label, like Oaktown Records or whatever the hell he called it. Um, when he, he signed this girl group called Oaktown 357. And they went on tour with him too. And I was trying to see if any of those girls would be available to be on the show, but they're not responding to me. No. Also, I, from what I've gathered from researching um, Oaktown 357, those girls didn't have the best ending of their relationship with MC Hammer because they didn't like how they were treated. Like not, not in a way of like, I think it was a thing where they didn't like how, how strict his regiment was. And now you had to fall in line with, with how he wanted things done or you were like out. And they wanted to party all the time with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what happened. <laughs> Cue the party all the time. <laughs> That's right. Party I wouldn't want to be a rock star if I couldn't party. I bet they never hung out. I bet Hammer and, and Eddie never hung out. I think probably not. Because Eddie okay. was doing blowing bitches and Hammer was not. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So Feel My Power comes out. <laughs> feel My Hammer. <laughs> feel, just, my just hammer feel My Hammer comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and on his Oaktown Records label, it was released in 87. Uh, Let's Get It Started was off that. But then an album came out called Let's Get It Started later. Once he got his first major record label signing to Capitol Records. <sighs> there was a song on there called Pump It Up. Turn This Mother Out. Turn This Mother Out. I remember that one. Turn This Mother, mother out. out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, they put me in the mix. So this was his first multi-platinum successful album. Um, he, he decided that it, for the next album coming out, that it'd be more musical than, than rap. There'd be more musically melodic content. Ooh, 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 listen to this. MC Hammer was very good friends with Arsenio Hall, as well as then unknown team named Robert Van Winkle, AKA ah. Lies, despite later rumors that there was a beef between the two rappers, which was addressed during the height of both of their careers on Arsenio's show and who he would later reunite with in 2009 in Salt Lake City. So Hammer did and, and Vanilla Ice did a show together. It was a really, that, that was definitely one of those um, versus things at the time. And it was, didn't make any sense to me because Vanilla Ice was pretty much a one hit wonder. Yeah. And he had one album that did anything and even the subsequent singles weren't that exciting. So I couldn't understand. They seemed to have, in my opinion, nothing in common. Well, they both they both got 
super famous off of a sample, I think. That's what I think. Mm. Is they both got super famous off of a big sample. Yes, that is true. That is true. But like, I feel like Ice's career was more of a flash in the pan in, in comparison. Oh, for sure. Because he's why well, he was so poorly self managed, uh, not professionally, but personally. Like, I mean, the guy's mentally ill and he was not so stable. Oh, really? And everything was, yeah. And everything was based on a lie. Like, yeah, because, like, wasn't oh. he, like, putting out that he was, uh, like, a huge gangster and then yeah. from the suburbs or something? He came from the hard streets and he was the white kid that hung out with the black kids and blah, blah, blah. And, and it turned out that crap? all a bunch of bullshit. A bunch of he bullshit, was a white yeah. suburban kid. Yeah. And he could dance real well. You could tell and... by looking at him, though, that he wasn't, he wasn't a street kid. Just well, his image wasn't that at all. Sure. I have a, I have one I have one good piece of MC Hammer information that I think is 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 pertinent though. My dad told me when MC Hammer got big, he confided in me. He said, "I got to be honest. When this guy came out, I thought it was like McHammer, like it was like McDonald's, like it was McHammer." <laughs> I took <laughs> McHammer. Yeah, he I... saw he saw it in print, and he just thought it was like McHammer. That was the guy's name. <laughs> it took him a long time to realize, oh no, the guy's MC Hammer. But he was like, oh, it's Mick Hammer. <laughs> so Mick my dad would have been about 10 years older than I am now. I guess. So, <laughs> I'm yeah. loving it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's unbelievable. I love it. After these messages, we'll be right back. Analog Brewing, winner of three awards at the 2020 Alberta Beer Awards, is a proud sponsor of the Dope Nostalgia Podcast. Analog Brewing is now offering delivery within the city of Edmonton with no delivery fee on orders over $40. Go to analogbrewing.ca slash shop. That's www.analogbrewing.ca forward slash shop and place your order today. When placing an order, you could also pay it forward and take part in their Nurse a Pint program and prepay for a pint for a nurse. Mention this podcast in the order comments so they know we sent you. Analog Brewing, taking beer to the next level. Last night, Russ Beeler, owner of Lake Edna KFC, opened Hammer's eyes to new popcorn chicken. Delicious, crispy, bite-sized morsels. A whole new way to enjoy the Colonel's chicken. The problem was, no one could get him to go on until the last piece was gone. New KFC popcorn chicken. Treat yourself for $1.99. The band just $5.99 in Lake Edna or your neck of the woods.
So I was reading about like him being like a preacher or, or ordained or whatever. And yeah. uh, he actually um, officiated Corey Feldman's wedding. Wow. Yeah. Who did Corey Feldman were... marry? I don't even, not like not anybody big, but I, I read about that. I'm like, really? Like what a wedding MC Hammer's here. <laughs> like freaking officiate. That's crazy. I, I think they got to be friends on Surreal Life. That's right. They were on the Surreal Life. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, I didn't know Hammer did that show. Oh, yeah. He was broke as shit when he did that show. I bet. It yeah. seems like it always seemed like he had more money even being bankrupt than being on the Surreal Life. It's true. Yeah. No, on the Surreal Life, he was he presented as super broke. I don't know if he was or not, but that's how he presented. So. That was the shtick. Yeah. Please that was where Minnie Me was on that one too. Minnie Me peed in the corner. I remember. Oh, I remember that. Vern Troyer. No, yeah, that Vern was the one with Jordan Knight, wasn't it? I Vern don't know. Tro oh, Vern Troyer. That Vanilla Ice was on that one too. Vanilla. Ice. I think so. Um, I remember. Oh, Adrian Curry from America's Next Top Model. Because I remember Vern Troyer was being like super crude and like totally yeah. like unexpectedly like. He's a little like, purple. Grossly, yeah grossly hitting water yeah he's talking about like ejaculating i remember one thing he said or said something about ejaculating yeah like yeah. he was yeah super crude yeah he yeah. peed in the corner he got drunk all the time he got drunk yeah yeah i remember that and they had to like put him to bed and he was like moaning and rolling around that's right yeah <laughs> oh man I, I totally forgot about that show well, and then, I mean, years later, he did drink himself to death. So, I mean, yeah. can't laugh too hard at him. But, yeah, that was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, he enjoyed bad. himself. That's for sure. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I didn't remember Hammer being on the show. And I remembered uh, uh, Flava Flav and Bridget Nelson's romance. Flava oh, Flav! Yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was the season that was with Jordan Knight. And I can't remember who else. Oh, Dave Coulier. Oh, oh from right. Full House, yeah. Yeah. There's some people on that show that never really, like, they didn't contribute. Like, what's his name? The guy, who, George Jefferson, whoever played him, Sherman, Sherman whatever. Helmsley. That guy yeah. yeah. He, like, they, he got no camera time because he didn't do anything, like, outrageous. He just, like, kept to himself. And... He'd be like Stanley from The Office. He'd be yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to be here. Just too And boring. if there's ever any controversy, he didn't weigh in on it. Like, okay, well, you guys do thing. Yeah. Just give me my 20 grand and I'm out. I feel like there's always somebody in a in a reality show situation who's just the straight guy. Yeah. Just to like level it out and go, I don't know why the fuck I'm here. Vince Neil the money. crazy. Yeah, Vince Neil just stayed drunk and didn't really say anything. <laughs> That's where like if I'd be on it, I would like do it for the money, but I would just drink a lot and do funny shit, but not get involved in any drama. Sure. Then you get lots of airtime. Like Ron Jeremy not, enjoyed Not himself. for the right reasons, but for funny reasons. Yeah. Ron Jeremy had a super good time. He loved it. Mm. But Ron yeah. Jeremy just kind of loves everything. So <laughs> he's always happy. Well, he's a lucky bastard and he knows it. Not many people well, in sure. position can be that fucking rich and famous. But, you know, if you if you ever... Like if you read his book or if you watch any of the documentaries made about him, he really craves mainstream legitimacy. Mm. And like, yeah, just, you picked the wrong career for it. that. Yeah. Well, right. That's yeah. Yeah. He's, he's about as mainstream as porn stars will get. Yeah. 
absolutely. I, like if I was him, that was what I would be like. Okay, cool. I'm with both. I'm at the top of the the shit heap. Anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel about working at Rosario's. I'm at the top of the shit heap. Anyway, so that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's a big dung pile, and at least I'm at the top. Rest in peace, <laughs> karaoke. That's right. <laughs> Cheers. You were fun while That's you lasted, it. then you imploded. Oh, well, sometime in 2021, we'll get to do some. We'll do it again back once we have a vaccine. So, um, yeah. Deal with everybody's disease. My Justin Trudeau money is going to run out before then, though, so I hope we can get on that shit. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him with your big hammer. (laughs) See, I should have saved that. I'm only going to get the sincere laugh for that one once. (laughs) Notorious for dissing rappers in his previous recordings. Hammer appropriately titled his third album. He was a disser? Yeah, that doesn't sound right, but. I know he got dissed a lot. He got, he seemed to get dissed a lot by other rappers. Like a lot of the hardcore rappers didn't like him because of all of his money. And success well, because he was clean. Commercialism. Like he was, yeah. But I mean, Will Smith got the same kind of flack too. Well, he did. I mean, Will Smith was a, was a clean rapper. Very much. Yeah. So a lot of like the hardcore guys didn't respect either of them. Let alone Vanilla Ice. They were probably just like, whoa, white boy, go home. So Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him, 1990, the big, big album, sold 20 million copies. Um, not only that, it was, he was the first rapper with this album to hit diamond status in sales in the U.S. ever. Um, and he still holds the record for the longest time an album was at number one on the Billboard chart, 21 weeks. Wow. 21 weeks. That's right. And that was all on the strength of You Can't Touch This. It was. Pretty much. Yeah. On, on sampling, Rick James' Super Freak <laughs> made him a f- huge overnight sensation. Yeah. Massive, massive song. And the video was extremely simple. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. You're just dancing. It was colorful. It was flashy. But the dance moves were so cool. And it was those damn pants. I was going to say, it's got to be the pants. I wonder pants, how much yeah. the pants too, had to too do with legit. it. <laughs> the pants were too <laughs> legit. I had a pair of those pants, but not shiny. No, you pants. didn't. Yes, I did. I had a. Per- 
my best friend Stacy, her mom had a, some kind of like party, like a Tupperware party, but it was for clothes. And the lady presenting clothes had pairs of parachute pants. And it was a purple pair, but it was made out of like a sweat material. Like it was like like uh, sweatpants. Yeah. So it wasn't all glitz and glamoury like hammer bands, but I could wear them with like all my all my shirts. Like wow. <laughs> they went with everything. I would actually they went with nothing but that's nothing but I wore them a lot (laughs) and I was so proud of them yeah hammer pants but it's funny because the hammer pants was parachute pants were such a big deal about hammer but then not what three years ago maybe Justin Bieber starts wearing them yeah well and more more (laughs) rappers and people were bringing them back yeah, the 90s kind of style apparently is coming back, which I find very interesting. <laughs> well, 90s style, like as far as the grunge style too, or the more of the street style? I haven't really, I don't think plaid shirts have ever really gone out of style. I think like if you wear a plaid shirt, you wear a plaid shirt. It's not like a, a fashion faux pas or, or a trend either. But you got you to gotta wear it with the white t-shirt. It's got to be tied around your waist, man. <laughs> or, or be a lesbian. Or wear docks. <laughs> You're allowed you know to say that. I'm, I'm allowed to say that. Doc Martens were big, big, big at that time too, with the grunge and the plaid and all that. But like, I bought a pair of docks last year just because I love docks. And someone goes, "Oh, you got yourself some lesbian boots, eh?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" I had these when I was a teenager, and they were really cool, and I just like them. Like they last forever. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just really cool but i just you know. i like how they look i like i and now now i'm like I it's just I, lesbi- I, I, I lesbians got my have good on. taste <laughs> that's right good hearty boots and i'm proud of them <laughs> sensible boots they're See, sensible there is a reason when i was a kid that i loved doc doc martens but i just didn't know it then <laughs> you just didn't know it yet <laughs> Your vagina was telling you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day you'd be interested in scissor action. Just kidding. When you don't, when don't you see. when you had the talk with your mom, she says, "I know I bought you those boots. I know." That's why honestly, I you when I had that conversation, my mom was like, "Yeah, I know." My my best friend's brother told my best friend when I finally came out, he he was like, "Oh, we were all just waiting for her to come out." Don't you find that most people's Every, coming out stories are like that, where people aren't yeah. really surprised? No, they're just like waiting for you to come to the realization that everybody else already came to four years ago. <laughs> that was pretty much that was pretty much me. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, I tried. I tried real hard to do the, you know, straight. Real hard, real hard to do penis, and it just was not for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you did. You no, never no. had an interest in the hammer. It's fine. That's <laughs> why you're doing this I'm podcast not, I'm now. Not, I'm not that legit. We're <laughs> 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 uh, so punny. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So big hit. Big twelve-inch single hit. Twelve-inch um, single. Yes. The album was number one success for twenty-one weeks due primarily to that single first time ever for a recording on the pop charts um it still continued to be used in a lot of things now the amount of commercials 
Hammer has done over his career is also ridiculous. Another reason why he had so much money. Um, I was thinking we could watch a couple of those commercials if you guys were interested. Sure. Sure, yeah. Yo, Hammer, I'm starving. Let's get some burgers. Burgers? And that's out the dough. I got something much better in mind. Come on, let's break. Now that's the way to handle oh, yes, <laughs> the borders in order. Yo, 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 sweet. Because the borders in order. Because the borders in order. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> and then the latest ones, he has made a comeback for as of the Super Bowl with the Cheetos commercials. Oh my goodness. Oh, these are so bad and so awesome at the same time. I haven't, I haven't seen these yet. Okay, this is the preview to the one. Mm-hmm. 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 Wait, <laughs> I can't touch this. Uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, it goes right into the next one. All right, let's take five. Uh, and then those aren't even the official commercials. The Literally commercial. willing to do anything for a dollar, yeah. I don't want to do a YouTube survey right now, for fuck's sakes. Okay. You can't touch this. Help. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. <laughs> you can't touch this. I trust you. Stop. <laughs> Have a time. I touched it. No Cheetos popcorn. <laughs> it's a Cheetos thing. He doesn't now. Hey, I'm gonna need you to. Never mind. You can't touch this. I think it's the same Help. one. You can't yeah. touch this. I really want Cheetos popcorn. <laughs> Do they sell it here? You can't touch this. I haven't I seen it yet. Have a time. Have a time. Because those flaming hot, those flaming hot Cheetos, Cheetos popcorn. It's a Cheetos. Like the thing. regular flaming hot. That's, that's been your snack popcorn. of choice during quarantine, right? It has. It is my quarantine snack of choice. I am a full sponsor of it. Yeah. I tried the <laughs> snack. I tried the snack that she bought me. It's pretty good. Thank it you. It is pretty good, right? That's mm-hmm. been my snack of choice. Dope nostalgia botch brought to you by that. Flaming Cheetos <laughs> popcorn. Flaming Cheetos popcorn. Mmm. So yeah, yeah, that that probably got him some more cash again. But um, he had a lot of commercials. British Knights. He had a pair of shoes. Do you remember the British Knight sneakers? I not until you just mentioned it, but now I do. Yeah. Yep. He had a sponsorship for them too. I think they actually had a pair of shoes that were his pair of shoes as well. So he almost seems like the original, like. <laughs> do it all type artist. merchandise making yeah, it off merchandise and, and knowing how to sell yourself well because he had didn't he he had like dolls as well like he did have dolls and that came yeah. with cassettes I, yeah. I think i had the doll because i remember having the cassette from a doll more so than the doll itself and then the the cartoon the commercials yeah so he that's how you end up with a fortune like he had it was more and- so that than anything and then he lost it all. How does that happen? <laughs> well, 
well, you think it'll never end if you just shovel it out the door and then it just stops coming in as fast and oops, it's all gone. Yeah, totally. Well, and uh, was there lawsuits around him too? Because I was I was reading about that, like something about him not paying his taxes. That could be right. Yeah, because I, I, I read something about him not paying his taxes and that he ended up getting caught. Yeah, he had tax problems, and Wesley Snipes had tax problems, and uh, I'm just trying to think of the big names that had tax problems. Like, oh, Willie Nelson had bad tax problems. Like, these guys just made a ton of money, and they just didn't pay any of it to the government. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, like, it's crazy, because, like, when you make that much money... Yeah, you, you think you just have an accountant do it yeah, for you and totally. yeah, figure it out. So, someone says to me earlier it was 200 million but according to wikipedia contrary to public rumor hammer claimed he was never really down and out as reported by the media um which he expressed on the ellen degeneres show in 2009 originally having an estimated net worth of over 33 million according to forbes magazine speculations about his status emerged during delays between the albums too legit to quit and the funky headhunter that's saying that he spent most of his money on staff and personal luxuries at that time and supporting friends and family, which ultimately ended up with not only losing 33 million, but becoming 13 million in debt. Oh, shit. He he ended up uh, charging for chapter 11 um, in 1996. Case was converted to chapter seven in 1998. Um, So that's, that's, tough but you know i would just like the ability to get buried in 13 million dollars in the debt yeah i just like that, that opportunity that money right <laughs> yeah and, and then once like... i'm buried in as much debt what are you going to do i guess you know i had a good time but... <laughs> is that when they start taking stuff away from you you can't even have the things that you spent the money on you can't even money? have anything yeah you don't get you, don't... From you yeah damn it yeah Sucks. legit to quit came out in 1991 and that was when they did that video that we watched earlier at the beginning of the show it was like a 15 minute music video to introduce too legit to quit to the world with so many celebrity cameos especially the james brown one which was super cool and it was seemed like they were ripping on michael jackson because well i I think they made a new that was thriller the idea was he was going to make his own thriller yeah yeah and and basically it was trying to show like michael kind of like him in the end like i'm coming for you yeah yeah maybe it was too much maybe that's why subsequent albums didn't do as well maybe it was just so much over the top at that point that people kind of moved on from it 
could you see that that video as over the top? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I think when you're that when you're that stage of your career, you can't start talking like I'm Michael Jackson yet. But you know? like Kid yeah. Rock, it's Kid Rock is Kid Kid Rock name checks a lot of people, but he never says he's bigger than Run DMC. He never says that he's yeah, bigger like, than Leonard Skinner. At that point, like what his his biggest hit was he can't touch this, right? Yeah. And which was at, huge, but which was huge, but really at that point, how many hits had Michael Jackson had already? Oh. Like Michael he, Jackson was untouchable. Yeah, untouchable. like he, he had so many hits, like <laughs> You couldn't touch it <laughs> at all. You touch it. He touched himself. Well, it's like when Oasis, I mean, Oasis got to be about the biggest rock band in the world for a while. And when they came out and said they're bigger than the Beatles, people just hated that. Yeah. So, you know. Well, because like, you can be huge in your own right, but it's kind of a disrespect to, to kind of put down these people that have come before you have kind of paved that way for you. Sure. And, like the thing is is the beatles were and still are such a huge staple in music like to be fair john lennon said that they were bigger than jesus so I'm and sure that, that's that also upset a lot of people yeah. yeah but they were still popular afterwards weren't they? that's right yeah well they say no no what, what's the saying <laughs> about all press is good press there's no such thing as bad press yeah mm -hmm. if you get if you get people talking about you that's all you really need, whether it's good or bad. Um, so apparently MC Hammer told an amusing story um, on the Wendy Williams show about that. Uh, that's been the first uh, amusing show. That's been the first amusing story on the Wendy Williams show. Actually, he gets credit for that. too. <laughs> <laughs> he told the a story about the time uh, Michael Jackson phoned him regarding the too legit to quit video that included the fake Michael Jackson at the end, giving his approval and inclusion of it. So Michael was cool with it. He explained how Michael had seen the video and liked it and both expressed they were fans of one another. Hammer and Jackson would later appear, speak and perform at the funeral service for James Brown. Oh, well. oh, okay. They made peace. He's not controversial, eh? He's not, he hasn't done anything wild and crazy. He's just a good guy. MC Hammer's a good guy. Who made some mistakes with his money and uh you know do you guys have a, a a song of his besides the obvious one that you like uh um i remember no. listen, listening to that song pray that was another one that was a fairly big one wasn't it sampled prince when doves cry
I was gonna I was gonna say have an aroni, but that's vanilla ice. <laughs> that is vanilla ice. <laughs> I still want to know what aroni is. Aroni, <laughs> I've I looked this up. I googled it because I wanted to know too. I want to have aroni, aroni is a is a is a young tasty girl. <laughs> what is like having a having roni. A there's a there's a Bobby Brown song called Tender Roni. There you go. <laughs> or do you remember stop that train? I, I want to get, get off. <laughs> Wrong guy, but yes, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. Um Hammer put out an album in 94 called Funky Headhunter and it was supposed to be him changing his style. He was ready to have more of a hard look, hard attitude. He wanted to be more like a like a heavy hidden rapper. He wanted to like be more legit. He wanted to keep up he wanted to be <laughs> more legit. He needed to be more legit with the gangster rap audience. And that like when LL Cool J came back. But don't call it a comeback. <laughs> yes. That's precisely it. Um, so this was a harder edge, more aggressive record. It went gold, but failed to win him a new audience among hardcore hip hop fans who still didn't take him seriously. Um, he had another appearance on Arsenio Hall to release that album and debuted the video for Pumps and a Bump. Pumps and a Bump. Do you guys remember that song? Nope. Yeah, that's what a lot of people said. So, <laughs> um, But Pumps and a Bump was probably the last memorable single that he put out in his career. And then he put out another album called Inside Out with Death Row. Oh, no, no, that was not with Death Row, was it? No, no, no. Can you imagine if he signed to Death Row Records? He did. Hammer's relationship what? with Suge Knight dates back to 1988. Hammer signs with Death Row Records in 1995, home to Snoop Dogg and his close friend Tupac Shakur. The label did not release the album of Hammer's music titled Too Tight. While he had a <laughs> too tight for my big hammer. <laughs> While he had a career with them. So he recorded tracks with Tupac and others, most notably the song Too Late Playa, along with Big Daddy. Yeah. Along with Big Daddy Kane and Danny Boy. After the death of Tupac in 1996, Hammer left that record company. He later explained his concern about the circumstance in an interview with the Christian Broadcasting Network called Trinity Broadcasting Network since he was in Las Vegas with Tupac the night of his death. Wow. I didn't know that. Maybe I should yeah. have. But so, see, yeah. he prayed and then he was all right. 
he had angel on his shoulder. He had to pray and he made it that day. <laughs> That's why he prays. Pray. Oh, wow. See, yeah. I knew it. I just said one of my favorite tracks, my favorite MC Hammer tracks is She's Soft and Wet. <laughs> off, off, please, Hammer, don't hurt him. <laughs> don't, don't hurt him with the big hammer. She's soft and wet. That's pretty much the chorus. Um, but I'm, I'll share the song for you guys on, so you can get a, get a listen to that a little clip. years old he spent a lot of time actually becoming an investor in tech companies he's very interested in in um the future and technology and how the internet works apps he's he's just put as much as he can into those things also i didn't really know how he started getting making money again how did he get himself out of bankruptcy i think when you're at that level you probably have people that will help Mm-hmm. people that will, will will show you the way out for 10%, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and people that got him on the track to start making money and paying off his debt. But yeah, because I think, like, he, the thing was, he's still such a huge name that he could do all kinds of things and still make money. Sure. Like commercials. Yeah, yeah for Cheetos. But then he started making better choices, probably stopped giving everyone else his money, probably stopped, you know... <laughs> having a posse and paying for it now that album was called please hammer don't pay him <laughs> or please hammer don't hire him i think yeah. he all figured out that colin's a comedian by now zang yeah i'm here all week waka waka something that i found really um interesting is that he has had the same wife for 25 years he married her before the fame stephanie is her name and they have five kids together so he's got to feed the mouths of five hungry children. <laughs> five hungry children and a crop, crop in, in the, the field. field. Yes. <laughs> All right, P. Kenny Rogers. It's true. When I was a kid, I used to think that that song said 400 children, and I wondered how he had 400 <laughs> children. Like, I wondered if it was like a school. Constant or if it was fucking. That yeah, of like, that, that lady's vagina must have been wrecked. Like, <laughs> this couldn't is have been the- good. This is the not safe for work edition of Dope Nostalgia. Like it that. isn't what I'm on. Just assume that if my name's on the thing. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot of reality shows. That's probably where he made lots of money too. He did yeah. um he did a H1 movie called Too Legit, the MC Hammer story. So yeah, I've seen that. He produced that. Um yeah, then then a lot like the surreal life which we already talked about he was a dance judge on dance fever from abc family so you know that's what a lot of people are doing now they're doing reality shows tons of i wish i could do one you could do a quarantine one one. 
you could make your own show and put it on YouTube. No, nobody gives a shit what I do during the day. Nobody wants to watch me look on Facebook and have naps and no, make that's macaroni. fucking attitude. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm making macaroni with cheese whiz. Look, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't be more well, boring. Thanks, Colin. I'm, I'm going to put tuna in this one. Yeah. Oh, that's so delicious. Ooh. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So I've pretty much covered most of my notes about uh, about the hammer man. Um, yeah, it's too bad we couldn't get him on the show, but it's nice to chat about him. I mean, he's like seriously famous. There's that's a that's a hard get. That's a hard yeah. Get. No, I mean now if you would if that would have happened, that would have been amazing. You'd but you'd have got in the Edmonton Journal. Probably. Oh, the coolest thing he did. Um, in recent years that I think was um, in 2013. Do you remember Gandam style? Sai? Yes. Yeah. So No, I no, I'd never heard that one, Naomi. You have to stick it for me. So the song, <laughs> shut up. The song Gandam style was a huge, massive hit. One hit wonder, kind of, right? For Sai. Sai had two hits uh, um, in, in North America. So he's performing at the American Music Awards, Gundam style, and halfway through, they bring out Hammer and they do the song together. And then ha- then it turns into like Too Legit to Quit. And then they mash up the two songs and it was so brilliant, so brilliant. People were on their feet freaking out. It was just unreal. But that was a good call, I think. Very entertaining to watch. I could see how that would work and like, really kind of surprise people but i could see i could see the relevance of both of them kind of because like sai has that same sort of like kind of goofy but like still talented mm-hmm. <laughs> and they both did a side to side dance <laughs> they both had a signature I mean, dance yeah yeah and they're both side to side dancers and side to side dancing is very difficult so if you're good at it you got to hang out with other people who also side to side dance <laughs> so you can just do it together it's an exclusive that's right. club that's right there's um, basically them and uh like uh the people who do blind dancing oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, they both wore the pants yeah yeah pants are important at least, you know, the cool thing about Hammer is that he's not one of those guys who, like, tries to forget about his past or tries to, like, go, oh, no, I don't want to talk about that. He still embraces what made him who he was. Or a lot of people don't do that. Like, That's how he makes the money, yo. <laughs> Notable beefs. <laughs> There's a section on Wikipedia called Notable Beefs. Notable <laughs> feuds. <laughs> Notable feuds and beefs Hammer had with other rappers include LL Cool J, Vanilla Ice, too short, Red Man, Third Base, Jay Z, Eminem, a tribe called Quest, and Run DMC. <laughs> so almost everybody. So everybody. Um, everybody. Except Tupac, apparently. Several diss tracks were featured on the Fungi Headhunter. Wow, he was angry. That's probably why he put out a gangster rap album. Uh, I, I think I read something about him and LL Cool J not L, like LL Cool J said something in the press about him being not legit enough or something. But LL is pretty soft. Yeah. It, it, like when you think about the rap industry, I think LL was pretty soft too. Or at least he got soft. He might have started out not that way, but 
he ended up becoming like an award show. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. <laughs> but Mama's yeah, gonna knock you out. <laughs> that's right. I think LL was a huge part of the initial um, beginnings of rap music uh, as a whole. And he was pretty, you know, hardcore and gangster back then, I guess. But I feel like he got pretty soft. Like, you know, like people say that about Ice Cube because he started doing movies and family movies. Mm-hmm. But he used to be like, maybe uh, that's NWA. why. He, maybe that's why LL had, had beef with NC Hammer. It's like, there's only room for one softie in this town. I don't that's know. That's right. To wrap up a phenomenal career, though, man, he sold more than 50 million records worldwide. He's won three Grammy Awards, uh, eight American Music Awards, a People's Choice Award, and AACP Image Award, and the Billboard Diamond Award, the first for a hip-hop artist. So what a career, and it was really cool to talk about him today, and he was a big part of my childhood because, yeah, first concert. I've never seen anything like it in my life. The spectacle. It was a good one to have for the first one. Because like, just people standing on a stage playing guitar and singing and all that afterwards was kind of kind of bland in comparison, I guess. You kind sure. of set the, set the standard for not just like playing music, but like putting on a production in a show. I think that was kind of like his big thing is that he was all about the show. Mm-hmm. Like even with like him being involved in like you know a cartoon and and all of these other like it was all about the product like he kind yeah. of made himself a product yeah yeah he was one of those early ones that were definitely marketing themselves as a package product um, but there was more definitely more than before that that were doing it even New Kids on the Block had like that kind of merchandising um, probably even before that think about like. I guess like the Partridge family and like the monkeys and That's I'm true. sure, I'm sure they but were what, all selling was, stuff. Was there any more rappers before him? That's no. the thing. Like he, he was the he first rapper it. to do it. Yeah. So that, like that, you know, it's pretty groundbreaking when you think of it that way. Hugely. You're right. You're right. So cashing in, man. So that's it. That's all where all the credit lies. So it was cool. Thank you guys for talking about him with me today. And, uh, my pleasure yeah thanks for having me got anything else to plug hammer hammer man hammer. <laughs> please go to selectdjs.ca and hire me for 2021 because i know i'm not going to work this year but consider me for 2021 for bar mitzvahs weddings um summer parties uh karaoke parties comedy um, comedy Anything you'd like to hire me to do, I will do it. I'll even strip if you're into fat dudes. Like anything, just just <laughs> send me a message and I'll do it. Get okay. into get into the online DJing parties. Maybe that oh, maybe that'll be a thing. Yeah, There's all the people that have tried doing that, but that's a whole different show. <laughs> Once again, I don't got nothing to plug last time i pl- <laughs> uh, last time she asked my me bye. this question uh we ended up plugging my my day job because we realized we were talking about commercials and i i work at the chevy farm so we sang ah. our j- farm jingle <laughs> we literally closed the, the show the chevy farm the chevy farm yeah whiskey chevrolet <laughs> <laughs> prove you're in the west and, and people from from far and wide to put us to the test 
And that's so local. Nobody else in the world will be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> when the deal is done, they'll agree there's only one that leads away. Yes. Mm, yeah. That, that's how that's how we ended it the last time when I was on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We should get a big country artist to cover that song. Like big country artists from Alberta. There's somebody with a deep voice like Paul Brandt. Paul I was Brandt just gonna say Paul Brandt. <laughs> or uh or St. Paul boy uh what's his name? Brett Brett Kissel. Brett Kissel could do it because he he'd probably know it. Hey, he's pretty young though. That's fine. Don't they still play that commercial? Yeah, I, I think don't know. we still use that jingle. The legend of the Chevy farm grew here in the West. Now people come from far and wide to put us to the test. And when the dealing's done, they agree there's only one that leads the way. The legend of the Chevy farm, Westgate Chevrolet. Farm, Westgate Chevrolet. Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email, dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, nostalgia dope. Or on Insta, dope underscore nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.